Albert Einstein once said that play is the highest form of research. Well, let's get ready to do some research. This is Teach, Play, Learn, the podcast, and I am your host, Adam Peterson. Before we get to today's episode, gotta give a huge shout out to the guys behind our intro music that we use, Brian and Neil, my buddies from the band Cuckoo Kangaroo. Visit cuckoocangaroo.com to see more of their music and awesome merch, as well as check out their YouTube channel. And a big thank you to our sponsor of Teach, Play, Learn, the podcast, Jose and Sean, my friends from Berto & Co. If you don't know what Berto & Co. is, use the shopping link in the show notes to visit BertoandCo.com to see top-notch teacher planners, at-home planners, t-shirts, and more with the coolest designs on them. And when you use that shopping link and use the promo code ADAMP15, you will save yourself 15% off your order at BertoandCo.com. Let's get to today's topic. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. So excited to talk more about Teach, Play, Learn with you all and with an awesome, awesome guest today. As we inch another week closer to schools going back, if that's happening in your area, we want to keep this idea of play alive. And, and what that looks like is going to be very different depending on your situation, your state, maybe even your town or your school district. But we are trying to share as many ideas with all of you on how to allow kids the opportunity to, to play as much as possible in whatever format it looks like. And my guest today is an amazing technology uh, presenter, teacher, supporter, and she's got some awesome ideas of how to play through technology with this. My guest today is my amazing friend and educator, Mary Amos. <laughs> how are you? Hey, Adam, how are you? I'm doing awesome. It's good to see you all the way from, from Georgia. How are things down there? Uh, everything's great. I laugh because since um, COVID's hit, this is how we communicate a lot more. <laughs> right. <laughs> right so our, our presenter, but none of us are out presenting on the road. I know you've done some digital stuff. We were both a part of the Get Your Teach on K-1 yeah. virtual experience, which was phenomenal. I mean, the, the right. support of that was crazy. Right. Cool. You have and done other digital things, and I know you're yeah. doing another one, too. Yeah, so um, I was going to say, I, I love I love digital. And so one of the things I always, during the summer, as a teacher, I try to stretch myself a little more. And right. me and you are usually out presenting. And our schedule is actually really pretty packed in the summer. I feel like, I know for me, as soon as I finish teaching and I close up my classroom, I go into presenting mode and it's getting all the things ready. Well, this summer, obviously, we didn't have that opportunity. And tons of my engagements that I had booked weren't possible. So what I ended up doing was I put together a digital boot camp for teachers and it's created by current kindergarten teachers, everybody who worked through spring. And um, it's about 30 videos of like how to do things so that when whatever the fall looks like comes, you will be the most prepared. Awesome. So that's what we've been working on this summer. And it's, it was one of those things I didn't know if I could pull it off. Not because I didn't know how, but because, you know, like, you keep waiting for all the things to come together, and then it does, and you're like... Right, and then there's something new, and something new, and something new. So, is that something uh, people can still access if we link that in the show notes? Yes, all yeah. Right. So, what I I actually intended it for it to be only through the month of July, and I haven't released it yet, but by the time this comes out, it'll be released, because it's going to okay. be released today. So, it's self-paced, and it is, so you watch the videos as, as you need to. But as we're kind of growing in this and schools are getting delayed and um, I just in good conscience could not help teachers more. So we're actually going to push it and give all teachers access of it through the end of September. So awesome. they'll have July, August and September. So that way they can kind of, even if they go live for school, if they go in and out of digital, they can still have access to these things. Very cool. Well, I mentioned, yeah. that's awesome. We'll put that below for all of you. I will also link Mary's website and everything. But I mentioned 
that you're an educator, a presenter, but, yeah. but you, you're also a wife, a mother. Tell everybody uh, uh, that, that doesn't know you yet, if there are anyone listening, um, who, who, who Mary is. I know you're, I can say teacher and presenter, <laughs> but there's so much more to you. Uh, well, I am a wife. I think I think we're coming up on year 17. I know you just did 15. We so did I yesterday, think, yeah. Yeah, I know, because we're usually in Vegas for your anniversary. I know, we should be, today should be the last day in Vegas. It's, it's, it's a um, bit bittersweet right now. <laughs> so I'm used to celebrating your anniversary with you and your wife a little That's bit, what right? we said yesterday when we were, we, uh, we're, not, we're never big on like, hey, we got to do this. And we don't buy each other anything. We just, right. we just hang out together, you know? And we said, yeah. Yesterday, we were like trying to figure out a place to go for dinner. And in Illinois, that's hard because not everything's open yet. Right. We were like, man, this isn't fair. We should be having dinner with all of our friends in Vegas like we always do for anniversary. <laughs> so, yeah, side note, side note. I usually see Adam and his wife for their anniversary. Um, but, no, um, I'm a wife. I've been married almost 17 years. So that's super exciting. So my husband travels for his job. And this is the first time ever that he's been home this much. So it's been I'm super sure. crazy for us. Yeah, and he just got the notice that he still can't travel, so he might be able to help with carpool when school starts. <laughs> Mind blown. Um, a whole different start to the year. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> I, we always laugh that, um, that he's, a, he's a school widow. When school starts in August, he, he doesn't have a spouse anymore for that month, you know. So I'm looking forward to, you know, a little bit of help. Um, so we have our oldest daughter is going into middle school. So this will be the first year she won't be with me. I'm freaking out. Wow. Um, Right. Like she's fine. I'm not fine. We did that um, last year. Our daughter went to, to junior. She's still in the same building, but the whole just calling uh, like that she's a junior high student was so, so weird. Like, and I think yeah. she handled it so much better than we did. So she doesn't get to go to the building with me and it's a separate bus and it's everything not with me. Wow. And like, yeah, so I'm, I'm, and we didn't really get to say goodbye last year. So, you know, like do all the finishing school stuff. So I'm not mentally prepared for this. Okay. Um, and then, <laughs> um, and then my youngest daughter is going into second grade. So she'll still be, my school has, um, an upstairs and a downstairs. She'll still be upstairs with me. All so right. she won't be away, but yeah. So, um, super fun. What was really fun was when we did our virtual learning, um, in the spring, I had my own classroom I was teaching and then I saw all the fifth grade stuff they were doing. And then I also had to sit side by side because my daughter was in first grade and do all her stuff. So this is what I look like at the end of the day. <laughs> you can't blink because your eyes are just stuck open. <laughs> and, uh, and it would be like 11 o'clock at night. My husband's like, are you tired? I was like, I'm exhausted. But my eyes are like throbbing. He's like, can you even close them? And I was like, no. <laughs> Well, so, I, yeah. I love that. So yeah, you, you've got the experience. I know I wanted to bring on talk tech because you've got a, a degree mm -hmm. in technology as well, as you mm -hmm. all can read in her bio below. But um, that's one thing I remember when I first started seeing you present, I was popping in some of your sessions because I'm a huge tech guy, but I've learned a lot from you. And I, I love your enthusiasm about it. And I love that you are still a teacher, even though you have such a technology mindset, who, who I know we've had this conversation before that you still believe it's just a tool that the teacher is so important. Yeah. And these are just ways to enhance, just like any other tool we use in the classroom. So as we go yes. back or not mm -hmm. go back, I mean, I, I, say <laughs> go back, I say go back, meaning school's going to start again, right? Like, yeah, it's an air quotes. Yeah. We don't know where we are. We're, we're going back to school regardless. We just don't right. know if we're going to be in school or at home right. and, and either place, either right. place, technology can have a, a profound impact on, on learning and playing. And um, I know you've got some awesome ideas to, to share about that. So, yeah. so talk to us well, about some of your favorite 
Well, Wait. first I'm going to go back. Let me go back to what you said before. This technology is just an element. And I, and I literally had a talk with my tech person for my school who does like Wi-Fi stuff. It is an element in your classroom. So um, you should still be doing art. You should still be doing hands-on. You should still be doing whole group and small group. All of those things should still be happening. You can use technology in the correct ways to make learning um, even better. So I just want to make sure that I say that as well because I am so passionate about that. Um, my technology person was saying, he said, when I come in your room and I just don't see every kid on a device all day. And I was like, oh, no. Right. Like, no, you see my kids on a device a little bit. Uh -huh. um, and, and that's important. Now, when we have whatever is going to happen in the, in the fall, what's going to happen in Illinois is going to be very different than Georgia and everywhere else for that matter. Right. So that's one of the things that's really great about technology is that we can all go back to school and we can all do it differently and we can all still meet the needs of our students. Does that mean they're going to be on devices? Maybe in a state that's locked down more than Georgia's not really locked down anymore at this at this moment. Uh, so yes, so that that is going to be this bridging gap um, for us. It can can truly be technology. So yes, we, and we're going to use it to play. I'm so passionate about that because I don't want my own children on a device all day. So a lot of people ask, hey, do your kids have their own devices? No, I'm not that nice of a parent, and I'm not that. I love it when you I'm, say that. We I'm not have that nice. You're like, yeah. no, I'm not a nice mom like that. <laughs> no, because I'm their mom, um, and just like I'm not going to give a student if you walk in my classroom, you don't get a device for eight hours. Right. You get a device for a set period of time that is appropriate for what you're doing. If my kids are doing virtual learning, yes, that device time is stretched longer, but I still expect my kids to pick up a book and read it. You know, so basic things like that, but. Um, I, yes, you have to absolutely still be integrating play. And some of that, we even want to do social interaction as much as we possibly can, mm -hmm. even with devices. Yeah. And I know you've got some awesome ideas to that. I usually, I was going to start the question about why play and you kind of answered that. Like you, you already answered like kids just need to be doing and kids need to be busy and active. And, um, I know and we trick them, we trick them into learning and they exactly. don't even know it That's and they right. don't have to. It doesn't have to be a punishment. Like every year, if it's a typical year, uh, my kids come in and then by maybe the second or third day of school, I have them in small groups rotating. Mm -hmm. And people are like, how do you do that? And I was like, because they're playing. They're right. like, I want to play with that puzzle. They don't know it's letters. They don't care. They're like, I'm going to sit and play a puzzle. And then I rotate them through. And little by little, I transform those play activities into more learning. And then before they know it, they don't, they don't know it. They don't right. realize it. But then all, all of the groups are doing a learning activity, but they're having so much fun. They don't care. Yeah. And that's the cool part about this age level too, is, is then they start to get it and not, not get that that was how they were learning, but they're like, wait a minute, I, I, I can read, or I know this, or I know that. Yeah. And it's like the, those little, the magic happens inside their little minds. But right. It's one of those things I mentioned in the book a lot too, that it's, it's not, it's not, what you teach, but how you teach it that makes a difference. And I know everything you just said follows that, that guideline. Like you're still teaching yeah. the same stuff. You're just doing it in a way that, that is beneficial to the kids in a way they get it. So right. that's one thing I love about the, the stuff we're going to talk about today too, is all of these items aren't just do, 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 do sit in front oh, of a no. screen. It's, it's fun ways to use technology. And, and listen, listeners, I'm not saying ditch all your, your tech. Like it, there, it's there for a reason. There's some really, really Margin. beneficial opportunities merging it yes that's perfect way to say it merge it together and use it for that the the benefits that it has so so let's talk yeah. about some of the things that you're using okay. and and what teachers can do when they go sure. back or stay home 
Sure. Now, I, I told Adam this, but let me tell everybody else this. In my classroom, we are one-to-one -one with iPads. So I'm going to talk to you guys a lot about iPads. I know not everybody has them, but that's kind of, um, I do feel like iPads are the best technology device for kindergartners. If you don't have iPads, I do think touchscreen touch screen Chromebooks are the next best. Yeah. Um, so, um, and I know, I know you don't always get to pick your devices, but in my classroom, we have iPads. In our whole kindergarten, we use iPads. Um, so that's one of the things I'm really passionate about. Um, also, um, I really feel strongly that when it's iPad time, I don't let my students go play anything they want. Mm -hmm. Now, there's only educational games on the devices, so they really can't go wrong um, because it's limited to, to what I say and what I put on there. Um, but I feel like I want what they're doing on the iPad to be a mirror or a practice of what we're learning in the classroom. That means that I have played every app that they are on. I know all the skills. Now, have I played it since every update has been pushed? No, <laughs> but no, no, no. But I know when we get to um, this letter, which apps had that letter on it, or when we get to false ERs, which apps have that. And so my students play the actual game that is, is a mirror to what we're learning in the classroom so that we are only enhancing our learning. Well, um, I think also, that, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I think that yeah. that just reiterates the idea that this is a tool. I mean, you, yes. the way you say it like that and the way you use this technology, it, it's no different than if you handed them a stack of magnetic letters to build right. words than doing some of the games on, a, on an app that does that or go build with blocks and doing mm -hmm. some games on an app that allows them to design and engineer uh, right. structures, you know, because there's games that do that. So I think that's really important to say that this is mirroring your teaching just like any other tool in your classroom. It's, it's another, Absolutely. It's another now, option. Now, here's, here's the benefit of the iPad. It's self-checking. So mm -hmm. if I have a low baby who's over there on a device and they're doing practice, it's not really letting him get it wrong. Right. So I don't actually keep data on, um, on games because they could click, 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 and not have a clue what they're doing, but eventually get the right answer. But what I found is that students who are getting it wrong, it that most of these apps are self-checking, so it helps guide them into making the right yep. decisions. So I feel like when they're over there practicing these skills, it is skill building because it's ensuring that they're going to get it right. And eventually, because if they, they want to progress in the game, they're like, oh, oh, I get it now. Or I keep building like with a bossy R. If you put an R and then an A, it won't count it as correct. It wants the A and the R. So lots of games like that. All right. So... One of the things I do, because I like everything my way, is all my devices, and I have some, some lights on me, but they're all in the exact same order. So if you pick up any device in my room, every app is in the exact same order. This is really important because um, I, I can see what app they're going to easily. I can help them find it easily. And if an app gets deleted by accident, it's really easy to know which one it is. Right. So um, that's super helpful. Now, the other thing I need to tell you is not all apps are the same. And mm -hmm. I would say when apps first started coming out, iPads are generally, they're not usually technology department's favorite devices because they're very hard for schools to control. Chromebooks are easy for schools to control. Well, iPads are made for Adam to use this iPad, Mary to use this iPad. So when apps first came out, it was, okay, Adam, you play this game. Well, what happened over time was that, Adam, you have two kids. I have two kids. So what would happen is you'd have a kid play the game and then your other kid play the game, but it only had one slot for one kid to play, right? right? So I would say probably 
five to eight years ago, app companies got smart and they were like, oh, schools are using this, parents are using this. So what they did is they allowed slots for names in mm -hmm. there. So, so like you could have like, um, like a Sophie and a, um, and a Jerome and a Jamal and a Lily. You could have all those kids in there. And when they go in to press their game, it picks up on the progress of where they left off. Does that make yeah, sense? Totally. And it's an amazing thing to, to just another, I keep using that word tool. It's just another tool to track what you do in the classroom. And, and right. the companies that do that and the games that do that is it's, they're, they're a step ahead for sure. Right. So I, I love that. So we went from everybody plays and it doesn't matter when you come to the iPad, everybody gets the same thing. And I always start the year with those games. I won't lie because then everybody can just go in there and learn how to play for a minute. Because clicking and dragging and, uh-oh, the app got wiggly, what do I do? All that's stressful right. for kids if they've never used it. So we start absolutely with that. But then I go to, you're going to play this game, and you're going to go to your name in this game. And then they realize when they get in there, oh, i got to click my name. Oh, this is my game that I was on. And that really allows them to skill build even more because it knows what they're weak in. And you can go into the settings and as the teacher, you can have them going faster or slower, or you can right. say, I want to turn off subtraction until you master addition. And I do that for my kids in just a few clicks. So mm -hmm. I'm not spending all day leveling and differentiating. I'm spending maybe 10 minutes um, at the beginning of the week. Oh, I wouldn't even say that long. I would say maybe six to eight minutes and then it's done. Well, so, I'm glad you said that, that you go in and do that. And it, it kind of goes back to a point you said earlier that, that you play all these games first, so you know what they're doing. And mm -hmm. I think that that relieves a bit of the anxiety that people might have with using some tech too. I, I know there's mm -hmm. a lot of teachers who, who I've worked with over the years that are like, yeah, I, I don't even know where to start with those things. And it's like, well, why, why stop? Like you might've said that with another thing, you know, years ago in your classroom. So right. it really right. isn't that hard to just just pick it up for a little while and play. I know when Landon, my son gets a new game on his iPad yeah. um, and he knows his, like he has his little limit of time. Like he gets yeah. three 10 minute times during the day that he can play games on his, his right. iPad. He can choose when they are and well, not when he like, he doesn't play to bed, but um, right. I know he'll be like, dad, can I get this? I'm like, yeah, let me check it out. And it's, it's not hard to just, you know, go in and tap around and see that it's something that, that is easy to do. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned right. that, that you take a little bit of time and you just set it up and it's good to go. Well, and I should also say this. So in my room, kids have to play the game I say on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and on Friday, they get to pick if they follow my rules, because I really don't want to always limit them. I want to encourage them to learn these skills. But if you do what I say for four days, you can absolutely play whatever game you want on Friday. Now, if you don't do what I say on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I make a note and on Friday, you play what I say again. Um, and it takes a few weeks of me being diligent with that. And most of the time it's kids mistakes. They're like, Oh my gosh, I forgot. And I was like, well, on Friday, you're going to remember, um, <laughs> they do and, and they get there, but, um, that. Oh yeah. Cause I said it. Um, and I <laughs> never, I never tell my kids something that I'm not willing to reinforce. Right. So, but I pay attention to what they play on Fridays and I look at their interests and if they have an app that they're super interested in. I go in and play that and I want to see what it is. Or if we have free time, not like free time, but like if I have a few minutes, like that I could be doing something, I always try to engage with my students. Right. So I might walk over and think, Hey, show me what you're doing on this and let them tell me about it. Um, so that's a big thing too. You can see what their interests are. Some years, my kids will play this game as much as they can. Other years, they'll play this game. 
Um, so I just, yeah. And I just want to do what they, what they love. Okay. So let me go back to apps for a second. So you can play a game where Adam's playing a game in a classroom and Mary's playing a game in a classroom and we're not interacting. Okay. And that's okay. That's not horrible, but there are also games you can play where Adam, me and you can play each other on one device. That's awesome. The uh, The reason I'm sharing this is because if you have limited technology in your classroom, you really want to get an app that more than one kid can play at once because if you have two devices that means four kids could play on it and some of these up to four kids can play on it so now you can have eight kids playing now i know in this fall might not be the best time to do this specific type of app but i want you to know it's out there because it is fun now i don't know the actual name of these i call them multi um, player apps because more than one kid can play at one time. All right. All right. So this is one. It's called Math Fight. Um, let me see. Open. All right. Uh oh. It's not going to go over there. It's going to make you do an update. <laughs> so, no, I literally updated right like this morning because I updated last night and then more got pushed out. Oh, I'm sure. Okay. Yeah. I just pushed the wrong button. All right. So you come over here to play and you can pick your level and I don't like the volume going because I'm trying to listen to Adam and have a conversation. That's all right. Um, but when you push play, do you see how it divides the screen? Oh, that's cool. So, so yeah. listeners that aren't watching the video portion of this, Mary's showing me because we're putting this on YouTube. If you're listening, it, it divides the screen so that regardless of what side of the iPad you're sitting on, you're seeing it face on like a, a board game. That's awesome. Yeah, and I do love it too because the solutions are different for both sides. So you can't cheat. Very Does cool. that make sense? Yeah, I so, use that word a lot, that cheat word a lot with apps as well. Like I always te- tell teachers, like if you want to teach kids how to play a certain board game, like chess or checkers or something, start with an app because they can't cheat on that game. They right. have to make the right moves. Right. So I, I love those types of games. So um, that one's called Math Fight, and that's a little bit higher math. Um, but they have one that's called Counting Together, which is all about looking at numbers and counting them up real quick. I mean, it's not addition. It's just counting skills. And then they have, um, they have just a, a few more that I know of, and I'll try to get you a list out of so you can shoot it out to them. Yeah, for but sure. But any, any game that they can play that you can have more than one kid on a screen can really be a, a financial saver and, and, and really help with small groups for those teachers. And I love it too because you need your highest kids in your class to lose a game. Yep. Truly. And sometimes they need to lose and they need to learn how to eat some humble pie. <laughs> and they do and it's so significant so and i love these games too because you can level this you can have if you have four devices in your room you can put all the kids that are super fast at math all together and all the ones that are still practicing certain skills at another one like maybe some are really working on 10 frames and others are working on number lines you can put them at two different tables um, so that they're working but they have to do this kind of quickly in order to get the point so it's a really fun way for them to interact with each other and then you'll see them helping the other person when they get their answers so like oh it's this hey see if you can find this answer over here it's going to look like and they'll start helping each other with that's that. cool you know what's cool about that too is that would be i know again we don't know what the restrictions are going to be going forward so if you're listening to this you're like oh my gosh i can't play two people on a device sorry it's july we don't know but this would be a perfect one to send home too. you know, let the parents know because then they could play this game with their parent at home or their sibling at home. And it'd be right. a fun way to practice those skills just over and over and over again. So 
Right. I'm thinking that right away, like, all right, we're virtual teaching this week, or, or this is something I can't do in the classroom, but I want to send it home. Chances are, if they don't have an iPad, everybody's got a, a smartphone in their pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, those multiplayer games would be perfect for that. Yeah, and I think a lot of my parents, too, and I mean this lovingly, I have parents who work really hard. And if I say, go to this website and do these three things, those parents would be like, look, we went to the grocery store, and we came home, we cooked dinner, and went to bed. Right. But they're like, hey, if I have an app, while we're at the grocery store, my kid can sit in the buggy for just a few minutes and play this. And so sometimes the best parents just need, they, they just need us to help, us, help mm-hmm. them a little bit. And I've had parents say before, if you can give me a good app, Mary, I swear, I don't even care if it's $10. It'll just help my kid and give me a chance to get something done. Because they love their kid, they just don't always have time. Right. Um, that's huge. And, and think about this too. It doesn't matter what school looks like in the fall. Most of our parents are still working parents. Yes. And, and we can't expect them to spend eight hours educating their kid. Um, they just don't have it. And that's not a bad thing. That's just the honest truth. And if we mm-hmm. accept that as the truth, then we can move past that and get to where we, we're helping kids. That's a very so, good point. So I love that. Okay. So the other thing that me and Adam both really love is I love when kids are manipulating things and playing. Um, I love screens and I do love some learning on those, but we really want kids using their fingers, 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 fingers. So uh, one of the things I always try to do is I try to find companies that love kids, love teachers, and love making learning the way we want it to. Now, I don't get paid by any of these people, so I just tell you what I like. Um, One of my favorites is called Osmo. Yes. So Osmo, now I remember, and this this is how old I am. So when Osmo first came out, they had like a Kickstarter type thing and you could buy in like a pre-order and like, I didn't even know what it was, but I saw what they wanted it to be. And I was like, I'm buying in. So I got all my Osmos for like the cheapest price ever. Cause I was it. Yeah. Uh, I saw I what you held up when we were talking before this. I'm like, yeah. I, don't, I don't even have those fancy cases. Cause mine are old, like the old cardboard box ones. That's what I have. Cause I got it. I think I saw Osmo when they were featured as like time magazine's toy of the year. I think yeah. 2014 maybe. And uh, I went to our tech lady at school. I was like, I, I want one of those for our classroom. Can you get me one? And she did. And then I donor choose it. And I had like six Osmo stations going in my yeah. classroom. So yeah, tell us, tell us about yeah. what you use with Osmo. Okay, well, I love it. And I got the new cases because I'm in the classroom and they're really awesome. Yeah. All right, so this is a stand. Now Osmo works with iPads, iPhones, and Kindles, okay? So this is the Osmo stand. And all this does is it stands up your iPad. Okay, nothing super fancy about that. Now up here, this is called the reflector and in there is a mirror. So what it actually does is it makes the camera on your iPad reflect down on the table. And that creates a playable surface on the table that you're gonna interact with. Mm -hmm. Now this is a very fancy case, but look how dirty it is. So like, yeah, it's used, it's well loved and used. So what we so what they did was they said a bunch of people's teachers probably said we want Osmo um, to be easier to use with a case because we right. don't want to give kids devices up cases. So this is um, this is the cases right now. And I really love them. They have this little flip. Yep. I got asked um, that all the time when I first started presenting about Osmo. They're like they're like, we can't take our cases off. And I remember contacting my contact at the company and being like, Yeah, this is what teachers want. And then yeah they did it they totally did it so now what happens is you can get on here and they have tons of apps so i'm going to go in and i'm going to show you 
the apps that they have. Now, my because we're on a video call and I'm on an iPad, they're not going to look so nice. So you're going to go to their website and you're going to see all their games. But I want you to see that they have tons and tons and tons of games. Yeah. Very few of them are paid. Um, but there are, I think there's like two paid ones. But what happens with Osmo is you get the app. And all the apps are free. So that's the thing a lot of schools ask me because teachers usually cannot download anything but free. Mm -hmm. So what you do is you buy the stand and then you can use these apps because the apps are free. And they come, the, all the little extra pieces come in these cute little cases. And I have the new ones too that came out last year, Adam. I don't know if you've even seen them. Um, so yeah. I love them. So, so you know what's uh, funny about that? I don't know if I ever told you this. Back when I was using this in my classroom, I put some YouTube videos out about Osmo and how I was storing it in the classroom because I had taken them out of those cardboard sleeves they came in and put them in little baskets from Dollar Tree. I got a, an email from my contact. Her name was Karen, and she was on the like the liaison side of it. But the development yeah. team wanted to have a like a conference call with me. And they're like, hey, we've seen your YouTube videos. We want to pick your brain. And one of the things was storage. And this was before Osmo for Schools. This was this was yeah. way back. And um, they're like, so what are you doing? We watched your video, those little baskets. And I was like, well, these little baskets I have are much easier for my kids to find pieces rather than opening the cardboard sleeve. And and right. um, so then they came out with those cases, the, the color-coded ones. And I remember when they first came out, they sent me a picture of like, this is because of your idea. And I was like, what? Like, I didn't get anything for it, but I got to know that it was... <laughs> So what's really out of it, other than some free Osmos, but I, you got my appreciation because I love the cases. <laughs> and actually, when I first got, because I I was one of the people that had it first, um, they didn't have the cases at first, and I right. had to go back back and buy a few of the extra cases because I loved them. All right, so in these cases, this will show better. Um, this is the coding set. This is so, one of my favorite games. Oh my gosh! Listen, I will have kids do anything I ask them for to get to the coding game. Right. And they have like, I believe two or three coding games. So um, this is like the go button. So you put what you want your, your character on the screen to do. Um, and he moves, you can tell him how many to move. And these twist. Yeah. So do you see that? That I little arrow. That this is like playing a video game without the controller. Cause they really are. They're moving a character yeah. through a level. And they and it self checks. And then when you have everything you want your person to do, you push this, and it and it makes the character go on the screen. It's My kids so lose their mind, and all the time people are like, um, "Oh, kindergartners can't code." Yeah, oh yeah, they can. <laughs> well, and you know because we talked about this as well. Don't you dare ever tell me what my five-year-olds can't do right. because my five-year-olds can do everything everybody else can do. They just do it a little different. Yep. So game on. We accept your challenge, um, and we're <laughs> about to show you what we got. So um, so this is a really fun way that they're playing video games. But honestly, truly, my kids are doing positional words. Yep. They're doing numbers. They're thinking in multiple steps. They're thinking, I'm going to go up three spots. Then I'm going to stop. Then I'm going to turn. And then you're sitting there watching them go over left, right, up, down, in, out. And you're not doing anything. Mm -hmm. You're watching them. And it is full engagement. And then I do love this. I love seeing when they've reached a point of frustration because that's when their brain is super learning. And then what happens on the Osmo is it's made for little kids. It helps guide their thinking. It doesn't tell them what to do. It literally like illuminates the screen slightly yep. to show them where the character needs to go. And then they're like, okay, I see what I have to do. How am I going to get them to do it? 
I have seen kids who come to kindergarten and like, full. if I don't do it perfect, I'm enraged and I throw Mm -hmm. a chair across the room (laughs) to wait a second. I got to figure this out. Yeah, it's pretty fantastic. And then like w- the thing I love about that game specifically and how it highlights the screen is they still have to do the counting. They still have to figure yes. out left and right. They, I'm so yes. glad you mentioned the directional words, positional words, but even like sequencing, beginning, end, there's so much thought that goes into this this one game. And it's just one. Absolutely. Guys, Absolutely. So this is one they came out with last year. This is called Squiggle Magic. Well, and I haven't seen this one because I'm not in the classroom right now. Adam. I'm so glad I know you. Okay, so Squiggle Magic is great. It comes with this little thin white mat, and it just gives them a playable surface. And then look what it has included. Oh, yeah, I have seen this. I didn't realize that was the name of it, though. Okay. Yeah, so this is just all the little shapes, and they can start taking these and building pictures Mm -hmm. and different things with it. But if you're a teacher, you're like, that's not what that is, Mary. Um, That's letters. Right. You're right, because once they learn how to play with these letters, once they learn how to play with these shapes, then the next step is to start creating letters with them. And it goes through this stuff on the screen with them. And they don't even realize, they go strictly from playing and making decorations and making ice cream cones and, and clouds in the sky to then forming their letters. That's pretty awesome. Um, they love it. And I love it too, because... I love this for visual discrimination, right. which is huge. So if you are, if you've ever taught before and your kids can't see what the letters are, like the B and the D or an A and a G, like a lowercase A and a G, they're lacking visual discrimination. And this is a really great game to help build that. And what you're going to find is that once they start building it um, in this format, because they're manipulating with their hand and then they're self, it's self-correcting on the screen that they're building those connections in their brain and they're mm-hmm. doing it. So it's not like they're just tracing it on the screen. They're building it and then they're flipping it and they're manipulating it. So that's a great one. Cool. This is another one called Costume Party. And this is your little dude. He's got on some some undergarments, so he's safe. Don't worry. <laughs> and then um, you just build little clothes on him. That's awesome. Oh, my gosh. So I love it because then he shows up on screen in all of his little outfits and um, the kids kind of just think that's super funny. But I love it because I have kids who come into school and they self-dress and they don't look perfect every day. And who cares? Right. You know? Kids. Yeah. And so this is just a really fun way to let kids be creative and to be silly. And it, and it, this connects with different stories as well. So th- this character is in a story and there's more education with that. But um, it's fun. And mm-hmm. the kids lose their mind. And listen you hear them over there laughing and everybody wants to go play because they want to know what they're (laughs) laughing about. But once they get done building their character, guess what we can do? You can write about that character and what they're wearing and where they're going and what they're going to do. And I know you love, you're such a good writing teacher. Um, And I'm not, I am not a good writing teacher. Um, That's not my strength, but I love it because I love, I love getting ideas from other people because we take this. And then when we're writing our story and they think they're done, I'm like, well, wait, what is it? What can we do next? And then we start, you know, going here. Well, why why was your character wearing boots? What what could we do with that? And we can keep stretching that story. So it's super, super fun. Yeah, I remember including Ozma in my writing session years ago when we were doing like masterpiece and then writing stories about the pictures yeah. of John and Osmo. So it's, it's, it's one of those things that is, it's just another tool. I keep saying that all the time. It's just another tool to put in your classroom and enhance learning through activity. 
Absolutely. So they do have just letters. It's called words. And they have, now they've made it. So there's uppercase on one side and lowercase mm -hmm. on the other. And I have a storage solution for that as well. So I'll give you that link so you can post it up. I just found those little bead containers that you can oh, find yeah. in the craft section. And I labeled them all with the letters. And I give all my kids um, the, the red and the blue letter at one time. Um, so it's super organized. But you can customize your own Osmo words as well. Yeah. So like I have all of our sight word activities for the whole year customized in Osmo. So I have eight Osmos in my room. So I can literally have different stations set up in the room and every kid be working on that specific sight word list that they need. Um, so my, te my, 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 let me say the right word. My principal will come in and it looks like I have eight groups of kids playing. And I was like, just watch. And she's and like, doing their own thing. they're all doing different words. Mm -hmm. She goes, yeah. are, are they on their level? Mm -hmm. How long did that take you? Well, once I had them all set up in Osmo, it took me, five minutes to group them all and set right. them up, but everybody can work on their specific sight word list. So that we're all playing the same game, but we're doing it on our own level. Um, so that's, my kids love it. They also have numbers and numbers start very simple and you grow in a path. So I just want you to know it's cross-curricular. I just wanted to show you the ones that were a little bit different. Now for a little bit older kids, this is Pizza Company. I love this one. It's so oh my fun. gosh. It's oh so my fun. gosh, Listen. I love playing it. Well, I was going to say, like, I'm like, I got to stop myself. Okay, so this is your pizza <laughs> board, and then it flips over, and this is the mat where you count money on. So that was something it took us a hot minute to figure out, because on the screen, they kept going, do, do, right. flip it. And I was like, huh? And then, of course, my <laughs> five-year-old was like, flip it over, mom. And I was like, I don't think so. And of course, that's what you do. But yep. you, have, you have these little trays, and I don't want to dump them out, but this is your money. Yep. Okay. And then this is your pizza toppings. And so they tell you, a customer comes into your pizza company and tells you how they want their pizza. And you lay the pieces on your pizza and you make their pizza. And then they got to go cash out. So then you flip it over and they give you money and you have to give them the change. It's like, so cool. Like life skill, people. And well, what those of you that are, that are, sorry, that are listening to this, not watching, she's holding up all these pieces. This is, so Osmo's slogan is play beyond the screen. And they're not touching the screen for any of this. These are all handheld tactile pieces. They're they're manipulating on the table or the, the floor. And they're well-made. They're well-made. They're, well -made. they're not yeah. cheap. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah, they've, they'll last forever. Yeah, so I, I love it. And what I love is, is that like once we teach money and denominations, um, this was a great activity. So my kids are like in the gifted program, not because I'm smart, because my husband is. <laughs> uh, so I'm for real, like it just blows my mind. They're how their brains work. But I remember they were doing second grade and they were doing like commerce, like a commerce type thing. And so I took my pizza company game down to the teacher and I was like, hey, y'all need to play this. She was like, Mary, my kids won't stop playing it. I was yeah. like, I know. She goes, I mean, they're breaking like $50 bills or something. I don't remember <laughs> what it was. And I was like, I know. And she's like, oh my gosh. And I was, it's one of those things that a five-year-old can play it and a third grader can play right. it. And I don't know about you, but it's really frustrating when we go to Walmart to buy a toy. Like my kid has saved up their money and they go to buy their toy. And then you're helping them with every step of the, mm -hmm. of the, the transaction. And there's 20 people behind you and you're going like this. <laughs> so this is just one of those steps that helps you be better prepared. So yeah, it's, it's, I, it's fun. It's fun to do. Gosh, it's so fun. But it's so, and, and listen, as the teacher, you're setting these up 
and you're watching every kid in your room love it. Right. Not the high kids, not the low kids, not I me. Mean, everybody. And it's leveled, so there's no like no pure frustration. I can't do this. It's oh my gosh, here's a problem. I'm getting to that frustration zone where I'm learning, and mm-hmm. then they're working me through it. So I, I want to say that again. Like it's one of those things that it's made for children. And every time they come out with something, literally, like I I, I save up my my like birthday money for it because I love <laughs> it. Do so it. <laughs> I do because I love it so much. All right, so that's Osmo, and Osmo is super fun. Now the other thing I'm going to show you guys is something called Square Panda. So I purposely showed you different activities for Osmo. Square Panda is for an iPad as well, and it's specifically for phonics. Yeah. But I should say this. My school does Orton-Gillingham approach, and I, I, I do believe it's the best one. Not because my school does it, because it's so well-research-based. And um, it's one of those things that people say every year, oh, my low group is like four or five kids. Well, when you teach with Orton-Gillingham, your low group is like one kid. Okay. Like so many more kids get it. It's mm-hmm. made for kids who have difficulty with phonics. Um, so it's, it's such a great program. But um, Square Panda works with Orton-Gillingham. So I'm saying that. So if you're doing that program, it's great. So what you're seeing on screen is a white tray. And it's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It's got eight little pouches on it, okay? Now, it takes batteries. So you need to know that. Um, this one takes double A's. And when you turn it on, you see little lights come on. And that just means it's going. It usually, have, it usually has a light in the corner as well. So what happens, what you do with your device is you turn your device on and the Bluetooth in your iPad lets the Square Panda read it. I don't know how that works because, <laughs> because I only teach kindergarten, but they connect. Does that make sense? So there's yep. like, it's kind of like wireless headphones. I don't know how the music gets there, but it gets there. So they connect. And then what Square Panda has is I'm reaching over and I'm pulling out these plastic letters and they give you these in the kit and they're all capitals but the vowels are a different color and they're really they're they're, they're quality yeah yeah they're plastic it's not like a cheap plastic it's like a solid so there's about 10 games and so you can level the different games they start from just basic sounds and put a letter in the tray like the screen will say put a letter that makes the b sound or you'll put a letter in the tray and based on whatever the screen shows you right. and then it'll sing a song with it interact with it and then it gives you like bubbles to pop and you pop the bubbles that have that letter in it and then there's other games that you build whole entire words across this tray where these letters go in and it self-corrects that's so cool. if you don't make a real word it'll tell you like that's not a real word um but you can have kids kids playing all kinds of games in here and some of the games, if they build a word, that picture kind of appears on the screen. Or this, the picture's on the screen and you have to build the word. I'm trying to remember okay. which one. Um, but I'm trying to find the T in, in my box, but I'm not finding it. But anyway, so you can see how that goes across there. Yep. My kids love this. Um, when I let them play Square Panda, I usually start them by playing one game specifically or another game specifically. And then once they've kind of learned how to go in and out of each game, I just say, go play Square Panda, play whichever one you want. Right. Um, well, and the cool that's thing about teachers can use this. I know all too often, and don't get me wrong, I think I, I don't want anybody to ditch the magnetic letters. They're a great resource for, for 
you know, trial and error and building words and just letting kids be creative. But sometimes, and I'm sure you've seen this too, you'll have kids that be like, look what I made. I made a word with my letters. And it's, it's, it's nothing. You say to them, maybe it's just their thought process, but they can sound it out. And they're like, well, what does it say? And they go, I don't know. Like with this, that solves that problem because it's helping them, you know, build that while you're not necessarily teaching it. It's just a tool to do it, to do it with them. Right. So don't get me well, wrong. Just- don't take away the creativity, <laughs> but, but this helps, this helps so much. Well, and here's the thing. I will let them play Square Panda independently, but especially for the first month or two, or depending on how, what my group is, because, you know, every year in kindergarten, it's potluck. I do the magnetic letters with them so we can be self-checking together. Right. So it's not one or the other. It's really, both. but it, it can absolutely be both. But if you have kids, and I see this time and time again, and this was me for several years when I first started teaching, my low kids, when they would be in that independent group, it wasn't quality that I was getting from right. them. And I want all of my groups to be quality. And that's hard. Yeah. So so technology can be your way so that they're getting self-checking skill building while you're getting some quietness. Not really, because it's kindergarten. And you're <laughs> able to engage with other kids. But think about it this way. If you have 15 minutes and you're sitting at a table with just your small group, and you're doing magnetic letters, you're able to self-check if you're not having to worry about that group over there and what they're doing. Does right. that make sense? Yep. So a lot of it is give and take. So that's what I love about it. Um, so Square Panda is only phonics, so do know that. But I, I love it because my kids can be engrossed in phonics building skills that are Orton Gillingham approach based. I have a lot of parents who their kids missed the phonics experience in kindergarten, like they weren't ready for it. So they were still doing phonemic awareness and they were getting those awareness skills. And then now they're like, oh crud, how do I make this up? Of course, nothing substitutes a good teacher and a good phonics program, but this is a great tool even parents can use to help build up some of those skills that they really need their kid to to be working on. So I Mm -hmm. love it for that reason too. And all of these things I'm showing you, I don't use one week or two weeks. I cycle them throughout the year. Does right. that make sense? Oh yeah. So like, and listen, if you don't, if you don't take care of my things, you don't get them again for a while. <laughs> so, I mean, that there is that for sure. I told you I'm not a nice person, um, but um, not, um, but if you, so if we do square Panda and you do it great, I might let you do it for a week or two. And then we go change that to something else. Yeah. If it doesn't go well, it's going to go away for even longer. And then we kind of give them another try with it. Same thing with Osmo. As long as you're taking care of my pieces and you're doing the learning activity, um, I'll leave it there for longer, like rain recess or give them some Osmo. (laughs) Listen, they're like, some teachers are like, oh, we watched the movie. I was like, oh, my kids were coding. Right. My kids were playing games and learning. Yeah. You know what's what's Um, cool about these two as we go back, if teachers are in the classroom, I know from experience with Osmo, I'm I'm guessing from looking at Square Panda, like these are all cleanable surfaces too. Like these these pieces are all wipeable. You can wipe these down with Clorox wipes really, really easily. Spray them, whatever you do. They're all sturdy pieces that are that are cleanable things. So that's that's something to keep in mind, teachers, if you're listening and you're thinking, Oh, I can't do that or I can't do that. They're they're things you can use. Well, and I want to say this too. So I think one of the things we're trying to do for the fall is we're trying to think of longer activities that your kids can sit and do mm-hmm. so that maybe you could do a square pandas, um, but you want maybe your kids instead of what would hypothetically be 15 minutes, you might want them to sit for 30 minutes because then the next day they might do the writing activity with you. Sit, that makes sense. Right, so yep. instead of rotating four groups in one day, 
you may be looking at doing longer groups, but rotating once a day so that you can clean materials between. Yes. That might mean that you want to use technology because your kids can sit a little bit longer with technology. Mm -hmm. I don't love that that's a fact, but if that's what we need and that's a tool that can help you, that's what yeah. that that might be what you need to look at. Does that make sense, Adam? Totally makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I like that you said I don't love that's a fact because I I don't really know what is going to be a fact this year. Trish and I were just talking about this yesterday. Like we, she was kind of stressing about the beginning. I'm like I, there's no reason to yet because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You know. So. Yeah, but listen, that's because we care. I and know. And that's it what is. I tell I people. No, and that's what I want everybody to know. When you're stressing about this, it's because you care so much. It's yep. because this is so important to you because you know what you do matters. And like I tell people, I was like, own that feeling because I want everybody to feel that stress now and that pressure now, not because I love it, but because then we can get over it. Because when we see those kids, we can't let any of that stuff show. Right. You know what I mean? And that's so significant because it's true. Like I go in my room sometimes, like my classroom, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, deep breath, deep start? breath. <laughs> right. And then I'm like, it's only because you care. And then I said this in my digital boot camp. We have to forget what school is actually like, like what we know it is, and we have to do what school is going to be. And we have to let go of what it could be, and we have to focus on what it's going to be. Yeah. And that's hard. I'm not, I'm not mentally there yet, but that's my goal. Does that make sense? We're going to get through this someday. Oh, yeah. It'll happen. And, and these kids don't know any better. They don't know what your kindergarten room is supposed to look like. They don't know what your first grade room is. Right. So they only know what you're going to reciprocate. And if you come in there and, and you show them that stress and that frustration, they're then they're going to be, and, and it's, and it's hard, like fake it till you make it maybe, but yep. um, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to be like, Oh, Hey, we got some stuff to figure out this year. I need help. That's what and I'm going to do. They will love that. The kids will love that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll link those products below. Yeah. We'll link the websites. I know Mary said she'll share a list of some of her favorites yeah. with us. In the meantime, you can also go check out Mary's website, sharingkindergarten.com, where there is a wealth of ideas there. I know you are constantly putting time and effort into that, Mary. It's a fantastic site. So thank Thanks. you for being open to sharing. And thank you for today. This was awesome. I, I, I kind of want to go get my Osmos out and play a little bit. <laughs> I mean, in your free time, because I also right. know how hard you work. In your free time, hey. you have fun with that. <laughs> I'm trying to work hard. It's it's one of those things that I'm I'm, I'm enjoying my pool time. I'm not going to lie. We're enjoying the time around the pool together as a family. So thank you hey, so much. Important. And uh, wherever you are, listeners, good luck as you return or continue virtually and uh, try some of these tips out. Thanks, Mary. Thank you all so much for listening. If you want to hear more music like what you're hearing right now, visit cuckoocangaroo.com. And then please like, share, and rate this podcast wherever you're listening to it so others can find it too. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Because you are the best. Yeah.